Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting edition of Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. As Mike and I are together here, the beginning of Super Bowl week, it's exciting. There's lots going on. We'll get to our Super Bowl predictions, not in this podcast, but right now, we got to talk about some other things that are going on. And as of today, Monday, uh, February 7th, div, 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 all div. of the head coaching positions have been filled. I got to clear up some business from the previous podcast. Okay. Is Tom Brady officially retired now, Dave? Because last yes. time we recorded, it was murky at best. It is no longer murky. Did you the goat see? has been taken out to pasture for reals this time. So he posted a five or six slide Instagram message thanking the world. But he never once, Dave, mentioned Boston, the fans, Belichick, anybody in New England. And for about eight hours, the mass holes on Twitter were freaking out denouncing their 20 years Brady riderships and everything. And then he, uh, somebody, quote, tweeted his uh, goodbye when he left two years ago, which should have been enough. Uh, and then Brady then got on and, you know, gave a heartfelt thank you to all of New England. But for eight hours, Dave, it was mass hole chaos. Our friends at the Small State Podcast were sphincter tight in burning jerseys in the street. Um, and it just happened. So clearing that up, Brady is off the board for Tampa. Um, but, yes, all the coaching jobs are taken. Dave, let's start with the Chicago Bears, who went from your boy Matt Nagy and um, – Actually, when you look at his career on paper, you know, took him to the playoffs twice, had a nice little uh, run with them early, uh, and just couldn't develop uh, the quarterback that they identified uh, and lost his job. And they bring in Matt Eberflus. I've been practicing that all day. You're welcome. Yes, Eberflus. Very good, Mike. <laughs> Normally terrible with that, so I, I, yes. I applaud you. Thank you, thank you. Um, did you hear or know of Matt Eberflus before this news broke? No, I. Uh, it's not a shot. Not, not, not to a know shot how at to you. Pronounce, yeah, no, not to pronounce his name. I did recognize it. I wouldn't have been able to say uh, where he came from, which was the Indianapolis Colts as their D coordinator. Uh, and you know, they've had some good defense, uh, in Indianapolis the last few years. Um, the only reason you know, I knew Bears, it, yeah, for it, the only reason I knew it is I've been watching or I watched, um, the HBO, uh, hard knocks in season with the Colts, which was a tearjerker dude when they didn't even make the playoffs. But anyway, yeah. Um, another defensive guy. Uh, well, I guess Nagy was an offensive guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just shake my head with some of these. Uh, you know, I would go offense all day, every day, I think, with most of these picks just because that's the way the NFL is. And then you beef it up with a good defensive coordinator. So I'm a little surprised at this one, Mike. But Well, hold on to that thought till we get to the end of the list here because that's a good thought. Uh, no, I was surprised. I think this is the first of the trend of 
we are looking for the next Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. That's where the league's going, plucking these guys out of obscurity at a young age uh, and label them boy genius. And we'll, we'll definitely get to a couple of those later on the list. But um, very interesting. Someone who's been in the league quite a little bit, uh, the Denver Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett. Um, they move on from Vic Fangio with a lot of respect and um courtesy out the door but they did move on and Hackett comes into the league from Green Bay as the offensive coordinator there and um has you know a decent background uh yeah he does he was a coach (laughs) at Syracuse University oh double dip Dave is back folks yep oh I didn't take any time off I was on the last one and here I am again folks you don't have to get ready when you're always ready waiver in there but yes uh Nathaniel Hackett is in there in Denver, uh, coming, like you said, over from Green Bay. Uh, I'm going to skip over the next one on my list because it's uh, late-breaking news, and we'll get to it. Jacksonville Jaguars, Dave, did not go with the young offensive coordinator from another team. Uh, No boy genius. Uh, They go back to the well with Doug Peterson, uh, last seen trouncing the New York Giants' chances to make the playoffs in 2020 uh, by pulling out Jalen Hurts uh, for Nate Sudfeld and uh, was not in the league this past season and now is the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Off the field, the complete opposite of Urban Meyer, so I applaud them that way. Uh, we'll see if he can develop you know, some young talent here. What do you think about this hire? Uh, well, two things. One, don't, you know, try not to hold too much of a grudge there no. uh, against them. Um, and secondly, <laughs> I, I like this hire. I mean, it's, okay. it wasn't that long ago that Doug Peterson was a young, trendy offensive guy. Uh, and, you know, I would say the offense, certainly Carson Wentz had a great year there uh, when he was uh, in the running for MVP. Uh, and to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles is a titanic yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, he was he was there in Philadelphia long enough to, you know, five seasons to make his mark, you know, that some a lot of those players then were players he brought in and helped develop. Um, You know, he's going to give them a more veteran presence uh, in the head coaching spot, which Urban Meyer clearly uh, had no idea. How to had no idea yeah. except to you know go out to the bars and grope people. Um, <laughs> even though it was his bar, that doesn't make any difference. That doesn't no. make it okay. Um, so I I like this move by the Jaguars. Okay. All right. I'll uh, I'll accept that analysis for now, and, and we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> Dave, what about the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, they is this a retread? Or is this a hot young coordinator or somewhere in between? They take Josh McDaniels out of New England, um, you know, coming off the Gruden debacle and actually playing very well and and doing some pretty cool things with their interim coach. Uh, But he did not get this job. Uh, They also brought in the assistant general manager from New England to be their general manager. Do you have the names there? I know you're super Uh, prepared. uh, Dave, Dave Ziegler is the guy they brought in from the Pats. Um, and so that's a great move, I think. Uh, and Josh you know, McDaniels, certainly. of course, we're talking and, about. And Josh McDaniels, the coach, of course. So that will help uh, very much, and we'll get to your New York Giants, I think. The, that connection uh, we've seen over and over in the NFL, if it doesn't exist between the general manager and the coach, 
it can cause problems. These guys know each other. Uh, and, you know, the Raiders, honestly, I mean, they're they're not a bad team at all. I mean, obviously, you know. It's an attractive it, place you know, to go, yeah. They get into the playoffs. You've got a, you know, a quarterback and Carr and obviously, uh, you know, Waller at the tight end spot. Uh, you know, you, there is some really good talent there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is just going to be, you know, Josh McDaniels. Now he's got to take the reins again and see how he does uh, with more experience uh, this second slash third time around. Yeah, we'll give him two and a half. <laughs> uh, so what does this do for you, Dave, in the AFC East to see Belichick lose uh, this guy who's been his right-hand man save, you know, one and a half or not even half seasons, um, you know, when he left for Denver and, and semi left for Indy. Uh, you know, what is this? How does this make you feel? Is this a, a plus to the Buffalo Bills by subtraction from the Patriots or you going to reserve judgment there? Well, I, I, regardless of who and I would imagine Belichick's going to find somebody on his staff or current staff or somebody that's worked with him before, right, um, to come in and do the offensive coordinator duties. But let's be honest, uh, Josh McDaniels, okay, he did have Tom Brady for a lot of that time, but he definitely has a high level of competency as an offensive coordinator. Whoever they bring in is not going to have that same competency. Uh, and Especially so, right away. Yep. Right, right away, there's, you know, is there a change in terminology? I mean, these are things we're not ever going to know because Belichick never says anything. Right. Uh, so I think it is a bit of a plus for the Bills because that's going on. But let's also think about the Bills are also with, you know, now a, def- a different offensive coordinator uh, as well. And we'll get into that. But I, I think it's a plus for the Bills just because of the experience factor. Okay. No, I was just worried, wondering what your you know thought was when you heard that news. Let's just get right in since we've referenced it twice already. Brian Dable. Uh, the New York football giants. Yes. Making some good moves, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you got that. Finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian Dable, 46 years old. Okay. I'm going to go on a minor tangent here. Can we stop with the back to work? Everybody's at the office, early pictures and videos. Dables was particularly uh, annoying to me. And here's why, Dave. Clearly, he had gotten there before. We'll see if he picked up on this detail. He got there before. They asked him to drive around in his pickup truck so they can fill him, you know, pulling in and getting out of the truck. Um What's the telltale giveaway that that happened? Any idea? Or did you see this? I guess that's my first question. Uh, no, I did not okay. see the, so you uh, wouldn't know. the uh, main entry here in the truck. So you wouldn't know. He comes in in the truck and he's wearing his suit coat while he's driving. No self-respecting man wearing a suit coat is wearing it while he's driving. You hang it up, you lay it on the back seat for comfort. So clearly this guy had to tour the parking lot with his truck. He's got six kids and a wife, by the way. There's no way. There wasn't even an extended cab. I don't know how he fit in these, the whole family in there because they were at the press conference. But that's the end of my digression. Great hire. Uh, definitely going to take Daniel Jones to the next level. They've committed to Daniel Jones right off the rip. I like that. There's no wishy-washy about it. Uh, 
his press conference, he's like, I'm not going to give guarantees or records. That's not what you know I'm about. Uh, every reporter that asked him a question, he just gave a quick, hey, how you doing today? Or something variation of that. Just seemed like a great dude, you know, uh, for someone who had never seen him interviewed before. And his, more importantly, probably to everyone, the coaching ability and the offensive uh, innovation he's going to bring to this franchise is very exciting, Dave. Oh, yeah, uh, no doubt. And look, he's got to develop those relationships with the media, particularly in New York, right out of the gate. So good good for him for, uh, you know, taking it a little bit to the next level. And we talked about this already on previous podcasts. Joe Shan, who was the assistant GM with Buffalo, is there. So there's that big connection. Mike, what I really like, and I, I, I'm assuming you saw this, they got Mike Kafka uh, from Kansas City, who was the uh, the QB coordinator, the QB coach right. uh, in, in Kansas City. Uh, I think that's a great move. Uh, while Dable, I'm sure, is going to work with Daniel Jones, uh, he's going to need a guy like Ken Dorsey was for Josh Allen in Buffalo, mm-hmm. get somebody in there who's knowledgeable who's and played. who can, who can, who can, yeah. who has played and who can be really helpful. So all in all, the giants have put together a good staff right now are moving in the right direction. Um, these are the, these are the baby steps you have to take to start turning your team around. And the giants have done, I even heard the Mad Dog say he would have picked Dayball wow. uh, amongst all the other ones because you need an offensive guy with Daniel Jones and trying to improve him. So uh, I, all around, great great job by the Giants. And uh, as a Giants fans, you have to be happy about this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, really never thought it was going to happen because we never make this move. So I'm very excited. Uh, as much as I... Um, didn't hate Gettleman as much as the rest of the people did. I'm glad they gave him the golden parachute and asked him to leave town uh, in got rid of the coach. And, and like you said, uh, marriaged up uh, Dable and Shone. And now they're uh, both their uh, careers and futures are on the line together. And that's just going to make them work better. So, yeah, we're excited all the way around, Dave. Another team that's excited is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dave, this one you're going to have to explain to me. Uh, Mike McDaniel, offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Um, did not get interviewed by any other team in the league and has never uh, interviewed for a head coaching position anywhere. Uh, most people have been shaking their head about this Um not in a bad way necessarily like oh yeah it could work but uh ha- what i guess i would ask you <laughs> yeah I, you what? know I, I mean well and certainly when you look at what the dolphins have done firing brian flores and that whole debacle that has gone on right uh there's you know umpteen number of coaches you look at you know Eric Bieniemy or uh, Leslie Frazier. Um, oh, there was another name that was just on the tip of my tongue too. Um, there's just there's a lot of coaches out there with a lot of experience, right? Uh, and so the, the this common is factor is what you're yeah, looking right, for for right. a franchise. 
Right, right. And and so many of these guys that have interviewed for all the same jobs. Now, it doesn't mean just because they get interviewed for all the jobs that that's who you need to take. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- you can look at a lot of these same coaches, uh, like last year, interviewed at a lot of the same jobs. How come Mike McDaniel doesn't show up on there? Now, is he under the radar because San Francisco and because well, Kyle you know, Shanahan's just, got just a heavy got, hand in offensive oh, coordination in, in San Francisco. There's no doubt. Right, right. And so McDaniel has not called plays. Right. Um, so, you know, there's some interesting pieces there to it. Uh, it, it, it is going to be interesting to see. I think when you look at all of these moves, like that's the one I think where a lot of people are going to say, who is this guy? Uh, and why are they doing this? And you certainly can throw the Shanahan thing in for sure. Yeah, and he does come from the Shanahan tree. And I saw some, you know, national media folks today talking about, um, you know, reminding them of a, of a young Andy Reid, actually, um, which I thought was surprising. But uh, I hate it, Dave, because Mike McDaniel and Josh McDaniels is going to yes. mess my linguistics up for at least a season until one of them gets fired. Um Anyway, (laughs) Minnesota Vikings also going the young offensive coordinator route. Uh, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams, Dave. Uh, Shocking to see someone hired that's in the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. Um, I was surprised by that. This guy's been deserving of interviews and a head coaching job for a couple years in my opinion and he's done a tremendous job with that ram offense and i mean look what hey he had to do losing robert woods and adapting odell into that and it seemed to be seamless and uh they're in the super bowl so what you know what else do you need to say so uh i think this is a great great uh hire by minnesota their problem is going to be getting rid of the Kirk Cousins contract. But that's another topic for a different day. Uh, what did you think about Kevin O'Connell? Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to argue against uh, the Rams' offensive firepower. You know, he's been there the last two years. So you look at, you know, what they did last year uh, with Jared Goff, which wasn't great. And then you get Stafford and, you know, a lot of things changed this year. I think, you know, even though McVeigh is, is calling the plays, uh, I, I think you'd be foolish to say O'Connell didn't have a major factor in getting the Rams to the Super Bowl this year. Right. Uh, and so that elevates his star uh, quickly. Uh, you know, it's a good move. I mean, it's probably when you look at the, the Mike McDaniel thing, that's Kevin O'Connell's probably the second one on the list where you go, huh? Yeah. Uh, as, as far as that goes, but, you know. I think Minnesota has comparable, if not even better, skill position players, too. Uh, I don't know what the offensive line is, but I'll take Dalvin Cook over Cam Akers or anybody else the Rams have in the backfield. And the wide receivers, you could definitely say, are a push with Thielen and Jefferson, uh, with Cup and Odell. I I, I don't know. Um, I think he's going to be very creative with that offense. Oh, and we've been saying for two years, uh, you know, the Vikings, what the heck is going on? You've got all of these weapons, Uh, you know, so the question is, what do they do with Kirk Cousins, like you say? Uh, Is he able to help him? Uh, You know, the other challenges, you look at Mike Zimmer. I mean, he was the guy that people wanted for years. Right. 
you know, and then he's in Minnesota and he's kind of worn out his, his welcome and things aren't going well and he's gone. But uh, I, I look at O'Connell, very, very similar to Zimmer. I think Zimmer had a little bit more experience, uh, but we'll see. I, I, this is, I think, a good move for the Vikings. Uh, yes, I, I don't absolutely. see it as a as a, a bad move at all. Absolutely. So we have two more teams left real quick, Dave. Both of them happened today. Let's take yep. the uh, last one first, though. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, another uh, defensive coordinator this time. He was in-house for the Saints. Uh, Dennis Allen, he was their defensive coordinator last season and um, probably got a strong recommendation from Sean Payton. Uh, on his way oh, out the door oh, and course. just seemed like a natural <clears throat> fit that everyone uh, respects. The problem is you never want to be the man after the man. You want to be the man after the man after the man. And yeah. so unless they find um, Russell Wilson in their lap uh, as quarterback, this team, and now Alvin Kamara. So let's sidetrack for a second, or do you want to save that for later with the Alvin Kamara stuff? Uh, we can save it for a second. Um, and folks, Dennis Allen uh, was a head coach in the NFL uh, for a couple of years there, 2012 to 2014 in Oakland. Uh, I had completely forgotten about that. And, yep. and why not? He was eight and 28. It was forgettable. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was a sacrificial lamb out there. Yeah, yeah, no They're doubt. Trying so to move and, you know, lower assets and all that stuff. Sorry. Yeah. So, no, it's fine. So he's got head coaching experience uh you know is he in that josh mcdaniels kind of mode where he was a head coach for a couple of years and now he's you know learned some more and now he's going to come back and see how things go uh, uh you know this is a decent move by the saints um it will be interesting to see what happens with their offense obviously uh, last year, you know, we talked about the end with Drew Brees and how he couldn't, you know, make a pass beyond 20 yards. And, right. Um, obviously, tons of injuries this year at the quarterback spot. Right, just terrible. Saints. But yeah. we just have to, you know, we have to see what happens and who uh, Dennis Allen decides to bring in as his offensive coordinator uh, is going to have a, a big impact on that. That's a good point. Uh, nobody as of right now, right? Nope. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Literally, this this came out what like uh, half an hour before we uh, right got online. recording. So yeah, there's there's nothing else out there yet uh, out yet about that. Okay. And uh, lastly, not lastly, but because I have a few more uh, off the board. But um, the Houston Texans, a, a team in turmoil, a team that uh, you know basically put Deshaun Watson in a freezer this year, uh, swallowed an entire roster spot, which is so valuable in the NFL, where I, uh, I'm i of the opinion rosters should be expanded anyway, um, to have 53 and then be down to 52 uh, is crazy uh, for the active roster. But anyway, uh, terrible season as expected. Actually, a little better than expected. I thought they'd be a little worse, actually. Um, they were a little bit feisty sometimes. Uh, they stay in-house as well, Dave, and go to um, Father Time? Is that what he looks yes, like? Yes, that sounds good, yes. Okay. Yes, with this long, long white beard. Oh. Yes, yes, folks, that is Lovey Smith. Uh, Bears fans just fell off their couches and said, uh, dropped their cheese and said, stop Bears. But Lovey Smith. Dropped their brats. Yeah, and... there you go. Um, Lovey Smith. I, 
I don't know what to say. I this, uh, it's like you know they had what was his name Macaulay or whatever last year that uh, was David Cully. Yeah. David Cully. Um, you know they gave him a shot because he'd been an assistant in the league forever uh, and had never you know even gotten a, a sniff of head coaching and then they bring in lovey smith a double retread from you know tampa and the bears and i I don't know if this is the innovative hire that uh you're looking for if you're a houston texan fan what do you think buddy uh no i i we texted back and forth on this just before we came on it this is very surprising to me i mean i get you're keeping somebody in house uh but the house hasn't been all that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just in. The Texans are not a good team. They were feisty. They did, you know, uh, have a couple of nice games towards the end of the year. They didn't quit. Right. You know, and they were professional. They played hard. Absolutely. And, you know, kudos to those players. Uh, boy, this to me just seems like, is this a stopgap? I mean, are you really thinking that Lovey Smith is going to do five six years and, and get you. Yes, he did take the bears to the super bowl. Uh, no doubt. Um, but is this really the coach that you want? I, I guess, you know, we're going to wait and see, but <laughs> I'm with you, Mike, this is really the head scratcher and, and looking at all of them, I have to put this, this hiring at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I would agree. I was going to ask you that when we were done here. Um, I don't understand what what they're doing in Houston and, you know, for other political reasons, I'm thinking the NFL might have made a suggestion because, you know, Lovey was in-house and wasn't on the finalist list uh, until last night or this morning, for all we know. Uh, It really flipped quickly. Uh, But either way. I mean, the guy is going to bring, you know, some experience and stability and who like so much you've already said who these guys hire as coordinators will make a huge difference so uh we'll have to wait and see with lovey smith in houston Um, yeah and and we still have to figure they still have to figure out deshaun watson right right that's a huge uh matzo ball hanging out there as i I mean it was a huge thing last year and you know david cully right early on was trying to reach out to deshaun watson and and that was a disaster deshaun watson didn't want to talk to anybody i know we went on and said we didn't think Deshaun Watson was even going to play in Houston this year. Right. Well, I guess turns out we were right. Right. Uh, but I think we both thought he was going to be traded away. Right. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see that. I mean, Houston, it's still, despite the feistiness and the professionalism of the players, it, it, it is an absolute dumpster fire in Houston. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick then, you know, looking at all these nine coaching hires, Dave, by my count, uh, six offensive coordinators and three defensive-minded coaches um, in Dennis Allen, uh, Eberflus, and Lovey Smith. And Lovey Smith, yep. yeah. So uh, six to three. I I kind of would have guessed that ratio would be more like nine to one offense to defense the way the league's going. I'm kind of surprised. Um, but the average age of an NFL coach and an NFL coaching hire has certainly drastically reduced in the last few years. And, um, you know, when, you know, Lovey Smith, clearly the grand old wizard of this um, collection of new hires, um, and then Doug Peterson, and then everyone else, I think Dable's 46 might be the, the third oldest. 
Um, I didn't confirm or deny. I don't know how old Nathaniel Hackett is. He's relatively young. Um, yeah, he's got to be late 40s. So, um, but either yeah, they're, way, they're, they're, they're all, yeah, the they're point all stands. in the very same. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and I agree with you. I would have thought a little bit even more offensive. I, I told you that the Bears thing kind of right. is a head scratcher for me and the Lovey Smith, certainly. Uh, Dennis Allen, I understand uh, with New Orleans because sure. he's in house and he has head coaching experience. Um, so. Dave, two other coaching situations, real quick, because I know we wanted to keep this tight, but we're already at our time limit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we'll be fine. The Dallas Cowboys, the 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 residual effect of all nine of these coaching hires not being a Cowboy coordinator, they're running it back, Dave. They're staying with Mike McCarthy, and they're staying with um, Dan Quinn, and they're staying with Kellen Moore, and that's what they're bringing back again this year. What is going to – the hot seat on McCarthy's butt from the first preseason game is going to be scalding hot. I mean, the, the odds for him being first coach fired were, are, are going to be astronomically low because he's definitely going to be the first coach fired if they have like a, you know, a one and three type of start, two and five, it's over, right? Yep. All I can think of, Mike, is John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles saying, oh boy, was that seat hot or what? <laughs> I felt like a whopper. <laughs> I think that's where Mike McCarthy is going to be. He is whopper, oh. whopper temperature hot right from the start. I agree. Uh, he's going to be right up there. And yeah, if they falter, he's, he's going to, he's got to be the first one to go. You being the fat comedic relief on this program is just one of the all-time great things that has ever happened, I think, in sports. And then on a serious, serious, I don't want to do like 180, but our national nightmare is over, Dave. There's a certain football coach that is back in football again. Uh, Jeff Fisher is a head coach of the usfl michigan panthers dave yes they're trying spring football again here it comes get ready for all the ads and all the things and twists and turns and tricks they're going to try to get you to watch spring football with jeff fisher at the michigan panthers uh thoughts do you know how many games they're playing in no. the season i i forgot they were even doing this until i saw this story so no. All right, so I, I have no idea. Let's just say it's 12. Okay. Jeff Fisher's going 6-6. Six and six. Six. <laughs> He's not the best color man in the game for nothing, folks. And with that, let's uh, rip through these end-of-season awards. I don't think a lot of them are controversial, so we'll probably get through them quickly. Uh, do you want to start right at the top with MVP, buddy? Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it pains me to say it, uh, just because oh, there's two names I'm thinking you're thinking when you say pains me to say it. Right, right. That's see how I teased that out oh, there. So you're not quite sure. Um, but I have to go with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, you know, he just the Packers, you know, number one seed and just continued to do the same thing. Sixty eight percent completions, forty one hundred yards, thirty seven touchdowns, Mike four. four. Four yep. interceptions. Yeah. Uh, the guy's just incredible. And, folks, please keep in mind, these awards are based on the regular season and not the postseason. Um, so not a factor as far as that goes, in my mind anyway. Aaron Rodgers, regular season, MVP. 
yeah, absolutely uh, have to agree. Put his best foot forward every time he could. Uh, he wouldn't tippy-toe up to the line. Um, he was a good foot soldier almost all year. Do you get oh. where I'm going? Apologies to Julian Edelman, was it, that did that? Oh. Um, do you remember that? One of the all-time greatest press conferences in NFL history. Where uh, the Patriots are playing the Jets and known that Rex Ryan has a foot fetish and he's not he's not shy about it. Um, so we're not outing anything. And so Julian Edelman just made every foot reference possible in every answer he gave and um, just one of the greatest, funniest things I've ever seen. Anyway, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is gonna win this. Wow. Uh, did you think about Josh Allen? Did you um, uh, no, do any research? No, I, no. Um, I, certainly their their touchdown passes were similar, but Allen had more interceptions. Look, by the end of the year, he was playing what good. What about the rushing but, TDs? Um, yeah, you know, like that stuff too. Um, I just think too much of a struggle early on yep. in the year uh, where Aaron Rodgers literally – I mean, I, th- I think the first game he struggled, and a struggle for Aaron Rodgers was not – that bad at all so right. yeah i i just aaron Rodgers, you know and it's yeah so yeah uh, considered it but rogers just had a better year overall no absolutely so the nfl does something really stupid uh in addition to the mvp they also dave have an offensive player of the year um so Go ahead, buddy. Well, I mean, I'm curious. Oh no, no, you 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 took my. I took uh, MVP first, uh, so you I go first on this that. one. So, if I had any um, onions, as uh, Bill Rafferty likes to say, uh, I would have said Cooper Cup was the NFL MVP. But uh, the Rogers stats are unbelievable, and he plays quarterback, so uh, he he clearly is going to be the winner. But Dave, for Offensive Player of the Year, uh, there's no other way to go but Cooper Cup for me. 145 receptions, 1,947 yards, Dave, 13.4 average, uh, 16 touchdowns on the season, regular season, continuing to dominate in the playoffs, but that doesn't matter for this voting. Uh, Cooper Cup is my offensive player of the year. I did look at Jonathan Taylor, uh, Devontae Adams, certainly had a great season, but um, Cooper Cup for me. Well, I'm going to disagree with you, Mike. Oh, really? And I went, I went, no, I went with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Just, you know, just had a great year. Um, And, you know, I think you could put his stats up against uh, Cooper Cups. Now, Cooper Cup. No, I'd like you to. Do you have him? Yeah, you know, Cooper Cup, most receiving, you know, yards uh, in a season. Uh, Certainly great, great numbers, the 16 touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, uh, 1,800 yards, 5.5 yards per carry, 18 rushing touchdowns, also had 40 catches for 360 yards and two more touchdowns. So that gives him 20. He led the league in rushing attempts, yards, touchdowns, and average uh, yards per game, which was 106. Uh, they, they stack up very, very evenly, they do. I think. Like, I'm more uh, compelled by your argument than I am mine right now. Uh, I'm not <laughs> going to change my mind. I still think Cooper Cup was um, 
Oh no, Cooper Cup had a tremendous. I mean, and, and I guess in a year in yeah. years of unbelievable receivers that we've seen the last 10, 15 years right. to have Cooper Cup have a season really unparalleled. Uh, it, it has to stand out. No, it does. Um, I guess all things being equal, if we're saying their stat lines maybe shadow each other, then uh, Cooper Cup's team made the playoffs and Taylor's didn't. And uh, so I know this is not an MVP type award. It's nope. more production. But if that's the tiebreaker, I'm comfortable with that. Sure, absolutely. Good okay. good discussion, Mike. Um, so that's Offensive Player of the Year. What about Defensive Player of the Year, Mike? I mean, there's only one, right? I guess. Uh-oh. You didn't go J.J. Watt's little brother, did you? I did go with T.J. Watt. You did? Oh, yep, my. I, back... Back and forth um, with. Well, I'll wait and see who your pick is. Well, I'll, um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, TJ Watt, he ties the, the sack record, which we know is tainted and uh, Brett Favre. Um, yeah. But, you know, seven pass defenses, five forced fumbles. Uh, he certainly was all over the place. Um, you know, if Pittsburgh had had a better offense, you know, maybe he gets a little more play and, and is able to, you know, move okay. along in the playoffs. But uh, I think he had a really good year, Mike. And so I went with TJ Watt. Okay. I mean, certainly had a great year and tying that sack record, even though you had one more game to do it. Um, oh, there it is. There's yeah. the, you know, I guess our defense straight. I mean, Strahan did have you know, all but one legitimate sacks. It's not like all of his work should be <laughs> you know, discounted. Right. Um, I went with Aaron Donald, Dave. Uh, I think the guy is the immovable force in the middle, um, better and more athletic than Vita Vea, um, more um, athletic than Vince Woolfork, if you want to go back in the day a little bit. Um, just a, a, a man amongst men, uh, versus these great offensive lines he plays against. And he had 84 individual or uh, combined tackles, 46 he assisted on, 12 and a half sacks, Dave, uh, from his position where he's always being double, double and triple teamed. And, you know, I really have to give him extra credit because uh, the offense has to game plan around him. And I don't think offense is game planned around TJ Watt this year, maybe later in the season. Um, and certainly will going forward. But uh, I, I, Aaron Donald, it's like, remember when Michael Jordan was in the league and in the NBA and it was like, well, who's the MVP this year? Oh, are we going to let Jordan win it again? Cause it, Jordan's always <laughs> the MVP. You know, and Shaq was like yeah. that and others. But uh, Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the game, period. Dave? Yep. Yeah, and, and kudos to him for, uh, and again, not factoring in, but he's had a dominant yeah. playoff run. Um, and so he has certainly added to that. Yeah, he has um, moments. He's already been defensive player of the year three times he was defensive rookie of the year uh yeah i i, I mean he's 
it's hard to argue against him, and I, I yeah. did consider him. Sure. I also I was. I was also thinking about Micah Parsons as well because he had a tremendous year. He did. Um, Imagine and, if the Giants needed a linebacker like that; they could have. Right. They should draft one someday. Yep, they should. <laughs> well, and you know, maybe maybe uh, the guys from Buffalo will help out the Giants and draft yeah. some defensive players, but we'll see. So where do you want to go next? Mike? Well, whatever's, uh, you know, all next on our list. It's uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year for me, buddy. What about you? What do you have? Yep. Okay. Sounds, sounds good. Uh, I really only looked at one player. It's who I had in mind. And when I looked at him, um, it was easy for me to say, oh, yeah, of course. And that's Jamar Chase of uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I see you shaking your head up and down, meaning you probably had the same thing, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, no question. Um, he had a, just a tremendous impact on the game. 60 catches, 1,038 yards, 10 touchdowns. In the Super Bowl era, Mike, only two other players have done that, Randy Moss and Odell Beckham Jr. So yeah, two pretty good players. Yeah, he's right there in the rarefied era for rookies. Uh, and... Yeah, what more can you say? Uh, The pairing up with Joe Burrow, we've talked about it all year. It's been tremendous. There's some great video of when Philly was drafting in front of Cincinnati. They took Jalen Rager uh, from Alabama. uh, Uh, Who? Yeah, exactly. And um, the LSU kids were all together, uh, and they just started laughing. And then uh, Cincinnati took Chase and... Uh, now, remember, he did take the previous year off, and he wanted to avoid COVID, and I, I respect him for that. Um, so he's put in the last time we saw him was in the championship game um, with Joe Burrow throwing to him. And uh, the Bengals now say, you know, when he came to camp, it was like, wow, we've got we've got something special and different instantly here. Um, and they unleashed him, and uh, he had, like you said, one of the great rookie seasons at that position ever. So, um, someone else who had a great rookie year at his position ever, and I think is also going to be unanimous for us, uh, defensive rookie of the year. And you already said his name, Micah Parsons was, uh, a beast for Dallas. And, um, I didn't look up his stats. I didn't have to think about it, uh, for a second. I know Trayvon Diggs maybe on his team, uh, but the secret, behind Trayvon Diggs is yes interceptions um but, yeah, but who's causing that right and who Micah it, Parsons and uh how many times does he get burned before um you know the, he intercepts a ball you know what's the ratio yep. of plays he loses on so um that's yep. that that's the ugly truth what the tape shows but still you know tremendous season interception rise but Micah Parsons uh was crazy and Dave I I know you're not a big Pro Bowl guy, and you were probably working this weekend, but uh, they have the Skills Challenge. I'll send you some Stefan Diggs clips from the Skills Challenges. Oh, yes, And yes. they had the fastest man in the NFL, and it was Micah Parsons, Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill. Uh, I forget who the fourth was. And Tyreek Hill clearly... He didn't get down in the stands. He had sweats on. He didn't make a big burst out of the start. So Tyreek Hill didn't try. But Micah Parsons won this race against Nick Chubb and another really fast dude. And Tyreek Hill, uh, at the size he is, was like 
it was one of those athletic moments where you're like, I'm watching something like such a small percentage of human beings have ever been able to do. Uh, so it was just, uh, I, I, you know, I hate to give props to this team, but uh, great draft pick and probably going to be one of the all-time players in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and no doubt. And, and the stats, just so you know, 13 sacks, uh, three passes defended, three forced fumbles, uh, you know, his name all the time. It digs early on in the year, had a lot of interceptions. Uh, I would say probably tailed off as the year went on, but Parsons kind of got better as the season went on, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more consistent. Um, and yeah, no, he's a, a, a no brainer as far as that goes, Mike. Okay. What um, else do you have real quick? Coach of the year. So that leaves coach of the year. One, yes. two, three, Matt Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. What, what about Mike Vrabel? Yeah, that's my pick. <laughs> that I thought we were going to say at the same time. I blew that. Yeah. Up. I didn't yeah, cue yeah. you is what I was counting. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. I, I agree with you. Uh, Mike Vrabel, Matt Vrabel, his brother, whatever. Yes. Both of them. The coach Great of job. the Tennessee Titans who uh, had tons of injuries, lost Derrick Henry for half the year, uh, still finished 12-5, and five, the number one seed in the AFC Again, playoff stuff doesn't count, uh, but clearly Vrabel uh, did just a tremendous, tremendous job, uh, and uh, I think he's going to be a runaway winner for for Coach of the Year. What he did uh, without Derrick Henry alone, um, yeah, and but I have AJ Brown for uh, most of that time too. Yep, AJ Brown was out. Julio Jones yep. was out. I mean, they you know they really had some struggles. I did hear some whispers uh, of Coach of the Year for Belichick, uh, but I, I was going to ask you if you thought about him. I, I, when I look at Vrabel, what right. he did for the Titans—they're the number one seed in the in the whole conference. Given what they're up against, losing uh, Henry up against you know Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, the fact that they had the best record in the AFC. Uh, that that takes it for me, regardless of what old man Bill did in New England. <laughs> Fair enough, and I think that's right. Uh, just one more thing I wanted to hit real quick, buddy, uh, and I didn't give you a heads up because um, I just thought of this last second. Uh, my favorite play of the year um, is the double punt by uh, Seattle and Michael Dickinson, and <laughs> and the pro the reason it's great is because both announcers and the rules guy that they bring in to interpret the rule got it wrong immediately and they were so sure that that was an illegal play and it's coming back i think it was buck and uh aikman and they have been yeah and uh and turns out the punt was blocked rolled sideways stayed behind the line of scrimmage so he could punt it again that's a rule I had never heard that rule in my life, buddy. So I, no, I, that but was I remember, funny. I remember when we talked about it, Mike, yeah. and you brought it up and I hadn't seen it. And, you know, my initial reaction was, yeah, that should be legal. If the ball didn't go, you know, beyond the line of scrimmage, sure. Oh, yeah. You could kick it again. You know, it's, it's like you can throw a pass backwards and then throw a pass forwards. Huh. Uh, that you was know. not my reaction. Uh, my reaction was to laugh at Buck and, uh, Mr. Concussion, Troy Aikman. Oh, absolutely. If I had been listening to it and watching at the time, (laughs) I definitely would have laughed quite loudly at the two of those bumbling fools. 
uh, trying to figure that out. Uh, I know they're good at what they do, but man, oh man, sometimes they're just a bit much. I agree. Speaking of a bit much, we're going to get out of here right now, folks. Uh, wrap it up. <laughs> Check us out. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the Insta, of course, we're on. Uh, all of your platforms for digital downloads. Uh, you'll be hearing a lot about Anchor, hopefully, coming up in the near future. So uh, give them a shot for sure. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening uh, here at Think Tank Sports. Dave, you got something, buddy? Uh, yes. I, at, sorry, I meant to do this at the beginning. Uh, one of the great things, uh, and Mike mentioned Anchor, so I'm just going to put a plug in. Uh, we've been using them uh, to host the podcast, and they give stats. So Mike doesn't know this. Uh, I, I have my I have notes, and my gosh, I left them somewhere else, so I'm going to have to ad lib this. One of the things that Anchor does is tells you where your listeners come from, <laughs> and um, we have Mike mm-hmm. some international listeners oh. and so i wanted to give Beyond a shout out to those folks uh we certainly have a, a predominantly all 89 percent of our listeners are from the united states 89 i was 89%. i would have guessed 98 or 9 that's crazy yeah i yeah. can't so wait we to have, hear where we're we have nine percent from germany oh we're big with the germans and then there's uh, a racist joke there. I'm going to leave on the table. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then less than 1% uh, in the Philippines. Nice. Big fan. And Mike, the, the homeland for you. Poland. Poland. Yes. The motherland. Yes. The motherland. So uh, just based on having Hashtag that information. Like Sorry. Yes. Wanted to get a shout out to our international listeners. Thank you yeah, so much absolutely. for listening, and uh, that's exciting. And we'll continue to provide good content, and we want to, you to continue to listen. So hopefully, you'll hung on through the entire podcast wow. to hear that. I wanted to do it in the beginning, and it slipped my mind. I'm glad I remembered here at the end. Uh, but kudos to our 11 percent of international listeners here at Think Tank Sports. We thank you where we always strive for five.